Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Cultural Capital. I'm Andy Hazel. I'm Anders Furs. And I'm Eloise Ross. And we're with this year's Myths Critics Campus, who are going to be telling us about their feelings so far of Myth and what it's involved, some of their picks and maybe some of their surprises as well from the festival so far. We'd like to start with um, Ivana. Ivana, if you could just let us know a bit of your like relationship with the movies and what you've got uh, out of Myth so far, that would be great. I'm Ivana Brihas. I'm a film writer, a student at VCA, currently in my graduating year doing screenwriting and an occasional video essayist. I've loved movies essentially all my life and loved being at MIFF. The standout for me, one of the standouts, was definitely Let the Corpses Tan. That was one of the first films that I saw at MIFF and it was just a really energising, wild way to start off the festival and I highly recommend everyone sees it. Um, I'm Eliza Jansen. I'm actually also at VCA doing a Masters of Screenwriting. Uh, I kind of come from liking bad movies initially and that turned into an unironic love. And uh, more than any one movie, I've kind of been surprised at Myth by just how packed every single cinema is. Like movies that I've never heard of, would never ordinarily go to. You can't find a seat, which I think is awesome. Hello, my name's Andre Shannon. I am a film enthusiast, maker, creative, uh, uh, creative type based in Sydney. And I think my biggest surprise at MIFF in the Critics Campus is just uh, the kind of like a breadth and uh, intense passion, I hate to use buzzwords, that I'm, meeting, I'm seeing from all the people around me. That's been really exciting because it hasn't happened to me before. So that's been like a huge joy to just witness the new gen of film critics coming to life. My biggest film revelation was uh, the Carabing Film Collective New Works presentation, which I knew nothing about. And it was one of those things where when you don't see the trailer and you don't know anything about a film and then you go see it and it just completely blows your mind. It's just the reason you want to go see movies, I guess. And I, and I hope to have those experiences again at another film festival. Hello, I'm Valerie. I study the Juris Doctor at the University of Melbourne and I also really like movies, which is why I'm here. Um, I suppose the most surprising thing about this week for me was just how jam-packed it was for the Critics Campus. Every day, every night, you were just writing, you were just thinking about movies. I've never really had the opportunities to so completely immerse myself in cinema for an entire week, so it was just a revelation. It was just incredible. Hi, I'm Claire. I am a film critic here in Melbourne. Um, I love focusing on girlhood and teens on screen, um, among other things. I'm currently working on developing a project on uh, Twitter and Instagram called the Teen Screen Cinematech, exploring the intersection between teen screen, classic and art cinema. Um, being at the Critics Campus has been yeah, like Valerie said, such a jam-packed um, experience. But one of the most surprising things for me is just how supportive, not just people in the, within the Critics Campus themselves, but like the wider film critic community. Everyone just seeing them on like on Twitter or if we met, met them at like networking events, they're just all so excited to hear from all of us new emerging critics and they're all very so supportive of it. And that's something that was quite surprising to me, but I love um, and hope to see more of. Um, and one of my favourite films from the festival so far, um, there's a couple, but I feel like I need to give a special shout out to Skate Kitchen. Um, Cause that movie is just so really like, 
It's incredibly cool just in the like the vibe and the way that it was created and it's so refreshing to just be able to see teenage girls being like rough but like within the skateboarding community but also just like completely supportive and loving for each other so yeah that's my hot pick for this festival so far. Hello, my name's Debbie. Um, I'm a film and theatre critic um, up in Sydney. Um, and I guess what's surprised me the most about MIF, um, I guess, is uh, the Critics Camp has been fantastic because, you know, you come in and you've, you know, you want to come and hone your voice and, and understand what criticism is. And I think we rarely get that conversation and we really get that time to really discuss what is criticism and what's the role of criticism in today's, you know, media landscape or whatever. Um, and we've had quite an extensive week where we've kind of explored what criticism can be. So it can be writing, but it can also be broadcast and podcasts like this. So I think it's really opened my mind up to what criticism can be um, and hopefully you can use all of this knowledge and information into after the after myth yeah uh, I really like shoplifters um, and yeah haven't seen a lot because we've just been behind a laptop right? <laughs> uh, hi I'm Sam Harris I am a media student at RMIT and the film and culture editor at the RMIT Catalyst magazine um, my highlight for this week is probably seeing Bodied, um, which I wrote a piece about on the MIF blog, which you shouldn't read, but you should go see the movie. <laughs> Hello, I'm James Waters, a writer, critic, based in here in Melbourne, as part of, and here part of the Critics Campus. Um, my, the biggest thing, I, I mean, what I've liked so far about the Critics Campus is the complete support of everything I, I, I mean it's we were talking earlier about how it's felt both extremely long and extremely short at the same time just in how much is packed into each hour each day yet it's I, I don't know I'm surprised that there's been so much without the entire thing falling apart that you know we can it's extremely well organized and yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to take part in the thing and my favorite Favorite film of the festival so far is probably Good Luck by Ben Russell. Um, I'm a bit, quite a big fan of his work, but this film in particular was it, it returned to his, I guess, preoccupations. Like it's largely filmed in Suriname in Africa, where he's filmed most a lot of his work. But it's extremely, uh, it's gorgeous. It's it's one of his most beautiful sounding films it seems like he actually has a budget for this film also which is I mean, it's nice surprisingly especially for such an independent filmmaker like him and um and yeah it was a great way to start off the festival on that note i'd just like to give a shout out to luke goodsell who is the organizer of critics campus um, i'm glad all you guys had a good time anyway luke's here taking photos of us doing this podcast right now so um special thanks to him but i was just wondering eliza you said you were like surprised by how busy MIF is and maybe all of you can talk about this but is this your first time at MIF? Um, and so your first time kind of experiencing these crowds and this type, particular type of film culture? I think, I mean, I've been in other years, but I think it's just seeing the consistent attention everything gets. Like in previous years, I'd been to like big headliner movies, whereas over the past couple of days, like I'll decide to see something at 
11 or like you know nine at night it's still got a massive queue around the block and people want to talk about it afterwards and I knew that like Melbourne loves film but not to this extent like I thought it was just kind of mind-blowing as someone who is from Sydney who has been to the Sydney Film Festival a couple of times and who doesn't live in Melbourne coming to MIF is such a nice surprise because I don't I didn't expect uh, the film community to be so strong and uh, present, I guess. I, w- I think when you're in Sydney or when you're in a bigger city, you just assume that it's going to be popping and that everything's going to be packed, and it always is. But then you come to Melbourne and there's actually this surprisingly, you know, huge, crazy amount of people that are just running around going to movies and there are still long lines to stuff and things are always packing out. So I think I was just blown away by what the community vibe in at MIF was like this year but maybe that's just like every year and I'm just naive <laughs> Do you guys have any further reflections on the experience um, of Critics Campus? I remember when I did it it was like such a different engagement with the festival compared to being um, a, an audience member um, have you found it I mean is it overwhelming intense um, amazing whatever I'd be interested in your honest thoughts about it Well for me in 2016, I went to one MIF film, 2017 went to two, and that's just because of like money and life and being a student. And I think the really great thing about Critics Campus is how dedicated and focused it is because we're given access to these movies for free and we're given the time as well. There is nothing else that we're supposed to be doing during this whole week except for watching films, thinking about films, writing about films. Um, and like Valerie was saying, that's... Uh, yeah a completely different really really immersive experience um and i think yeah just being given that time is really liberating because then you do get the opportunity to seek out films that normally you might not go to because they're in the margins or they're harder to access i want to ask a question to all the critics around here because i guess i came into myth critics campus with the aspiration of using film criticism in like a community building way, because I've never actually been surrounded by really avid, hardworking film critics. So I just want to open that up because I would love to hear what you guys think, because I guess I was in it for the friendship and the film came second, but also the community was what I was all about. Yeah, that's definitely a reason why I came into the Critics Campus, because I've been, you know, trying to write film criticism, criticism for a couple of years now, but I've just always felt like I was doing it alone like going at it by myself like I'd send some pieces to my friends to read over but like it's not really the same thing and I just I was writing for like my own blog or something but I wasn't getting feedback or engagement I just felt like I was kind of shouting out into the void so I really want to do the critics campus because I wanted to meet other people and now I'm seeing after this week just how large the community is here and I am so excited to be in that community and dive straight in and like collaborate with each other and encourage each other and to see what happens next it's just like yeah it's I feel less alone now I guess thanks friends and it's also because like um at the core of why we're all here is a love of movies so that's one thing that we all have in common oh, that's not why I'm so like isolate just a bunch of film nerds in one place, I mean, sparks are bound to fly. <laughs> well, this is my third MIF. I love MIF. <laughs> this is like MIF school though. This is like cool. This is like back into a nice schedule. I feel like I'm terrible without a schedule. And then this week has been like 
bed at 12, wake up at 8, go to school at 9, finish at 5. And it was just like a really good, strong week. We got so much done, I feel like. I don't know. I think I had a bit of a different experience from Ivana because I've done Sydney Film Fest and with Sydney Film Fest, it's very intense. And like when you do the whole festival, you're obviously doing four movies a day and, you know, you feel like you're really part of this kind of festival environment. Whereas here, it is definitely part of MIF and it still very much is. But because our days are so packed with so much stuff to do, um, I did see movies but probably not as many as I hoped um, because, you know, I was behind the computer writing. But it was so worth it because, like, you come out and you have that kind of intensity. I've never, like, written so intensively in my life. Um, And it was really, really tough. But also, like, there was a specific day that it was just incredibly rewarding and you kind of feel like you found your... You found... You've started to find your voice, um, which is, I guess, something that you just can't, you know, necessarily always get... You know, that, yeah. One word that's come up like multiple times throughout the whole week of this campus is the word rigorous. Just everyone's kind of, that's constantly come up in conversation trying to describe this experience. And I think that that's quite accurate, especially hearing accounts of other similar programs. Um, the MIF Critics Campus specifically seems to be like a quite rigorous program, which is really beautiful. I've only written two things and then participated in a particularly disastrous interview, which was exciting. The first thing was the a feature, a thousand word feature in which I compared two films, which was quite interesting because I wrote it all beforehand so I could take it to my mentor to kind of dissect it. And because I've never really written a feature, a thousand words before, I didn't understand how to structure it, I didn't understand how to make it coherent and focused, so it was extremely helpful to get my mentor Connor to like go through it and micro-edit and just find out what I was trying to say, which I've never really done before. The other thing I did was the 400 word review, which I found a bit easier, but it was still very intense because Um, For the people who did Shoplifters, you literally have to watch Shoplifters that night and then the day later you have to present your reviews, so it was like, pretty crazy. Did anyone break? I know that I did. (laughs) And I know we're all pros now, but let's let's be real. You have a video to edit though, I think that's a bit more. In what way did you break? Was it? Well, I mean, I did do a video essay instead of a written piece, so there was just the stress of doing that. Uh, I don't know, I think I, and I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on this, but I kind of felt both the burden of providing my opinion and having that be the foundation of what I'm doing, and also combined with the opportunity to express myself, so it was like juggling between the opportunity to do something that I've always wanted to do, but also understanding that what I'm doing is revealing something about me that has to be as, as intact as possible, so that kind of got to me a lot, and I wonder if that's the same as you guys or if you guys just freely express yourselves. (laughs) I think for me, I didn't necessarily break, but I did feel like a lot of pressure. So one of my favorite pieces I wrote was my first feature on Thoroughbred. Um, And I was, which I was quite nervous about, like once Luke said it was published, I just kind of, that my heart dropped out of my stomach and I started freaking out because I feel like there was so much pressure for me personally, because I'm just like, a lot of people are going to be looking towards this, because like I said earlier about there's so much encouragement by the wider critics community, I was also incredibly intimidated by them reading my work and wondering if they're going to enjoy it or not. Um, but one of the great things was I just had to believe 
like take a deep breath and like believe in myself because one of the great things about my fantastic mentor the wonderful philippa hawker um was saying to me while i was writing for it because i drew like some unconventional comparisons to thoroughbreds that people might not have previously thought of um that was something that was quite important to me and she's like i just want you to make sure that you're writing the piece that you want she didn't say whether this was good or bad or anything she just went encouraging me to make sure i'm writing what i want and so that really kind of helped like I was freaking out about my piece being read by people, like esteemed people. But I also know that's the great thing about the critics camp is you having these like um, professionals, mentors coming to you and saying, like giving you this encouragement and like nourishment, which yeah, really helped, I think. (laughs) And I think, I mean, I guess to respond to the idea of perhaps breaking, um, I did air quotes, I, I realize I need to you know, follow that up when speaking into a microphone. Um, I, I guess what I really appreciated and what helped a whole bunch was, especially on the panels and also with the critics as well, the complete transparency and the honesty that everyone, like that there was no pretense about anything. It was all, uh, and, and the support, like especially when there was a panel on, I guess, making pictures and, uh, with um, Lauren Carroll Harris, Annabelle Brady Brown, and Mark someone, Freeman. yeah, Mark Freeman. That's right. And um, Stephen Russell. Yeah, and of course, I, I was a little bit scared, like specifically about that panel, just in terms of I was worried it would there would be the idea that oh, you should pitch to as many places as possible regardless of who you like or just get your work out there, like force it down people's throats so they, until they, you know, until they accept it. But I, I, but I mean, what was really encouraging at the end of it was, especially from, um, I mean, someone who I found really great throughout the festival was um, with her panels, Lauren Carroll, Har- Lauren Carroll Harris, especially for someone who, I, like, I've really loved her writing over past couple of years I mean she the ultimate thing she said was if the place doesn't speak to you if you don't think they'll provide anything for you if they don't appeal to you just don't pitch to them don't reach out to them and I found that I don't know it it was like a sign of relief and it provided a, a really balanced honest perspective that helped keep everything like grounded and yeah I found the first talk on the first day about like the base role of the critic, like why films need to be commented on. Um, it might have been the same for you, Anders. Like the very first talk, I found so like illuminating. I just didn't talk at all. I didn't ask any questions because I wanted to listen. Like you guys all had awesome points to make and things. I just like was terrified of people stopping talking. Like I just wanted to just keep going. So I didn't break, but I just completely like turn into a little fly on the wall and <laughs> I, feel, I feel on that day I was the opposite and I totally regret it I felt like I came in way too hard in the first day and I talked some dumb shit and I felt so embarrassed <laughs> and thankfully all the critics all the mentors are really respectful but um going back to what you said James about um the pressure of pitching I, I, I definitely felt the same way as well and 
there is this kind of you know Chris Jenner notion of if no one's saying yes to you, you ask. Chris Jenner? Oh, she's the mom of the Kardashians. Oh. <laughs> if you're not asking, if people aren't saying yes to you, you're asking the wrong people. And I think that's something that I forgot about writing and delivering your your criticism is that not everyone has to love it you just got to find the people that want it and there are people who want it i'm sorry i wasn't laughing at you i was just completely oh no laugh at chris jenner it's okay no 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 i was i don't know <laughs> yeah chris jenner the next film critic anyone no i'm kidding <laughs> cool. uh there is a lot of um maybe anxiety amongst certain critics in terms of is there a paying future for this profession is this something that worries you do you think about this does it matter no i feel like there are more anxieties to worry about than there are about the future of film criticism as a film critic like i'm way more worried about my self-doubt and my um my phobia of putting myself out there than i am about there being film criticism in the future it's just me and also i think to kind of as you say maybe prove yourself or ourselves perhaps against uh any kind of hierarchical i don't know or, or I, I mean maybe not but just uh, an idea of you know champing at the bit for the next gig or trying to like which i i, I don't know how much to what extent that actually exists in like i, I mean i'm sure it exists in a lot of i don't know areas of the arts maybe especially in maybe more so in Melbourne I'm, I'm not sure but um, I don't know it's I mean what was emphasised throughout like the campus was like you guys are but by the mentors and the the I don't know, people helping out um, was like you guys are like are helping each other out you guys are comrades I guess so, like you, you're you're I don't know you, you need to support each other and I, I don't feel like anyone would have been opposed to that like you know coming into the campus or I'm, I don't know it's not like that was uh, such a I mean at least for me and I presume for everyone else it's not like that was such a you know, <laughs> difficult idea to swallow but it was like I feel like we had so many conversations about um, the fact that there's no paying jobs in film criticism um, which I want well, very little anyway um, but I think the the balance of that conversation was to do with like rejuvenating what film criticism is you know what I mean so as in you know like yes there's so much content out there there's so many think pieces there's so many hot takes so how can we actually create criticism that matters you know I think that's the question and that's what we try to do for the week um, and I think that's what we've learnt and you know yes money is important um, and yes there's no full-time jobs in film criticism but if we can contribute to that conversation in any way um, and we've been mentored so well and we've had so many great discussions about what is good criticism and and how to do it um, I think that adds to the conversation that adds to the, the film landscape in in so many great ways I don't feel like there's certainty in pretty much anything in life anyway so I think we should just do what makes us happy until we die <laughs> Yes. Uh, here, here. Yeah. Um, sorry to follow up with a very boring comment, but um, I think uh, Claire and um, Debbie made a really good point about figuring out what matters in your writing and what matters in your film criticism, because at the end of the day, if you really believe in it and you think it's dope, then it doesn't really matter where it goes, because if it's great, it's great. And you might just be Van Gogh and die and only be recognised afterwards, but if it's important and you feel like it's contributing, then you should just do it, because you have a responsibility to do good stuff all the time. And not boring. <laughs> Emphasis on not dull. <laughs> I feel like it kind of gives you 
a freedom to try everything you don't have to pinpoint to just one thing like we've been speaking to so many people who do a bunch of other things as well so like Eloise you are an academic you curate like one of the curators at Mount Cinematheque and you're a critic like it, and you described Andy earlier as a renaissance man like just the fact that we can because because criticism is doesn't pay enough to just sustain you as like your one job anymore like I feel that's kind of freeing because you can try different things is like and especially within film itself you can try programming you can um you know do other be an academic do other things like I've it also kind of takes the the weight off your film criticism as well it's not as much a chore if it's something that you're kind of doing amongst other things so maybe it's a way that it won't make you hate film or won't make you hate writing anymore i mean um jessica keang one of the mentors said the only real writers are the people who hate writing um which i think i feel every day about the same time you love writing um while you hate doing it um so if it became like your one job maybe that might burn you out so i feel like having getting paid when you can is fantastic but I kind of relish in the opportunity to try so many different things and I think with film especially it because it's such a I don't know I, I I'm gonna pull out a quote for just a second so excuse me um but I, I think like Eric Roma said um I, th I think he said like film is the medium that can feed off of itself the least and I think like being able to do as many things as possible I mean you know, it, it, it could be considered like you know because there's no like full-time jobs or whatever that you can't dedicate yourself your entire life to this one thing it's also I don't know it, it's it's if you can flip that around it's also like I feel like it adds to what you're trying to do and also for like well-being as well like I feel like for me personally, if I were just to be stuck doing like, I don't know, like, I don't, I, I just, I think it's extremely beneficial in general just to do as much as you can without like burning yourself out, obviously. But I think also it comes down to your priorities about what your film criticism wants to accomplish. Like, if you're more proud about trashing Gaspar Noé in a funny Snapchat you know, conversation, then that's great. And if, it's that, if you'd rather do that than be published in Sight and Sound, then that's amazing as well. Um, I think there are so many different ways to be a great film critic. And I think this is also a cliche that if you're not published in a really leading publication that you're not a film critic, but it's like, no, that's so obviously changing. Meritocracies are dead. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. always have been. <laughs> and not that I don't read Sight and Sound, but I just think that there are different ways to contribute your voice. Were you going to say something, Afana? Yeah, I agree. Like it can be really, it can be really joyous, and it's like we're all very lucky to just have this opportunity, not just in Critics Campus, but just like as humans in life, to be able to just say, "I feel these things," and like put them out there and have someone else, like even just one person, just read them and connect with them or disagree with them or whatever. Like it's yeah, I think it's nice that it's not the only thing we do because I think that then when we do it we're kind of hopefully doing it because we want to and because we actually have something to say about this film that we're writing about. Yeah. 
I think not relying on film criticism financially gives it some sort of intrinsic value. You're doing it because you want to do it, because you want to add to the conversation. So yeah, it's somehow more valuable when it's like less easy. I was just wondering if you guys, now that the Critics Campus is finished, are you going to go and see a lot of films? Yeah. Um, are you looking forward to seeing films and not having to write about them? <laughs> just having some time out? Well, I feel like I've barely started. Like, I have like another 25, 30 films to see. So, Amazing. Yeah. And then like one of them, I'm going to be doing my external. What well, One is like a three-part retrospective I'm doing my external piece on. So it's still definitely not over yet. And I hope, I, I don't know, I mean, I hope I don't, like, lose the, I, I hope we all don't, I mean, we're all going on our separate ways, but I hope there's, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we're on a roll. I don't feel like I've gotten the sense from anyone that they're like, oh, can't wait to stop writing. Like, yeah, yeah, I think, like, even just outside of the campus, like, we're all just going to be kind of putting out a lot of stuff. I, I totally admire that. I think I'm the opposite. I Not that I want to stop watching movies, but sometimes I feel like writing and film going are like two separate things to do. And I mean, I haven't seen a single film at the festival other than two films for the Critics Campus. And I'm so excited to see Climax by Gaspar Noé because I know I can just tune out and just uh, totally not give a fuck because uh, that's just me. Yeah, I'm excited for today. I'm going to go see Birds of Passage and then um, Happy as Lazaro. On the topic of film criticism, not pain, I've got to go back to my full-time job next week. Um, but because I work in the city, I'm excited. I've been booking like double features from 6.30 to like midnight to fit in as much as I can around work. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to just watch films and maybe write about it if I feel the need to um, and then I'm also just excited to take everything that I've learned at the Critics Campus and hopefully put forward more stuff later on in this year um, but yeah the festival's still got another week to go it's kind of exciting that's like not over yet I think a, a cool thing about Myth Critics Campus that I loved that I feel like no one talks about is getting screeners that you can watch in your own time <laughs> because I feel like everyone has different viewing habits and viewing situations and uh, going to a, the cinemas at Myth are beautiful. I mean, the comedy theatre is uncomfortable to sit in, but amazing to be in. And the vibe at the, at the forum is dope. But to be able to sit in your bed with your doona on a laptop watching a film festival film screener is just like heroin, if that's a good thing. It's, just, it's pure bliss, is what I actually mean. So I'm excited to going back to watching stuff on my Mac. <laughs> and also in theatres as well, because cinema needs our support. <laughs> um, I don't know, I just want to like add that like this whole thing has been at, like so incredible um, and so well organised and like every day we've learnt so much and... I don't know, I reckon we've all grown so much as not only like writers but people and um, yeah, just very grateful for it. Yeah, our mentors have been indescribably beautiful and insightful and like treating treated us like peers and friends and yeah, we're wonderful. I don't feel like I can do this without like giving a shout out to my mentor, Violet Luca, because she was 
wonderful. But I felt very lucky and I think everyone felt the same and we were like paired together. It was like very good matchmaking on Luke's part. Um, yeah. Also shout out to Luke Godsell and Faith Everard for organizing Did everything. Goodsell? Good oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had known and this is what I discovered at the end of the week. I wish I had known that the Myth Critics Campus would just not just be a learning experience but also just a, a total nurturing community building experience. So like I feel like you learn a bunch of stuff and it's like you're back at uni, which is great, but you don't really think that you're going to go there and just be validated and supported and encouraged to, above all to just do what you want to do. It's like it's like an artist residency, but for film criticism, you're just there to grow yourself and that's a huge luxury and privilege and I feel like we all feel very grateful for that. And it's mostly due to all of us and the mentors that have helped us. I think we've had such good like support and it's, it's nurturing it really is nurturing because it wasn't just kind of like okay this is your piece I'm going to go through and edit it was like how can I trigger your brain to help you write better and to let you write the way that you want to write but you know having some type of like mentorship over that so that for me was very illuminating I've never had that I've always had you know editors over my piece of writing which is also you learn a lot that way as well but to have someone kind of like trigger something within you to produce something that you wouldn't otherwise create. That's what I got out of this. Um, Eliza had the idea of having an argument <laughs> on about a film, which I think is amazing because we haven't done much arguing this week. Um, oh yeah, so do you want to initiate that? Do you want to start the fight? <laughs> okay. I think Shoplifters was crap. Fight me! Oh, yeah! Yes! I'm, I'm with you. Really? You yes. like it? What? You didn't like it? I didn't like it. Oh my no. gosh. Okay, I actually have oh, a fight. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. You, I, I, were you no, I was into it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah, you led me into that. <laughs> I got you back, James. I didn't like it either. Uh, <laughs> uh, you fell asleep. I also fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, we recently, like, some reviews went up on the Myth blog with, like, four different perspectives oh, on yeah, shoplifters, yeah. which are very, I think, reflective of this. I don't know if you want to get into it, because you yeah. wrote one. Yeah, I wrote one. I was a bit, I was a bit mean, I think. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, and it feels uh, whatever. I mean, it's it'll be fine. It won the palms, or uh, but I think I don't know. It felt weird because it's four hundred words, and I've never really done that short of a review. It kind of felt like distilling an entire. You had to ver work very quickly, and uh, I I I'm very hesitant about displaying one perspective I, I try to be more amorphous in how I think and and I, I would have loved to talk about like there's specifically one performance in that film which I absolutely adored by yeah the mom yes. at Nobuya <laughs> that actress I, I've seen her in a couple of other films and she's absolutely incredible uh, Sakura Ando I think yeah. is her name and Phenomenal. yeah shout out to her but <laughs> who's <laughs> listening but yeah, I don't know. I think I, I'm just maybe maybe I was tired. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I, I'm 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 crotchety. Can I ask a question to all of you guys? Are there any films that you would have liked to have seen at the festival? Like things where you looked at the program and thought, oh, like I want. Because for me, 
I've said this before, but I was hoping Sorry to Bother You would be there. I'm still hoping yeah. it'll be maybe a surprise screening, but I'm curious about like what you guys would have liked to have seen at the festival. I have a whole bunch, but... Um, <laughs> I definitely have one. I was really, really praying that Assassination Nation would come to MIF, uh, and it didn't. And um, I was in America when it came out, when it premiered at Sundance, and people were just losing their minds over it. And I wanted that to come to Australia so that people could lose their minds here, and it didn't, unfortunately. I second sorry to bother you, um, and there was a film that was at Sydney but didn't end up coming to Melbourne, um, the one with John Cho and a Searching, I think it's called, um, I would have been... And the Andrew Bajelski. Yeah, okay, so it's still coming out generally, but I w- yeah, would have loved to have seen that here, but it's still at Sydney, so it's still like cool to see it in Australia, and I guess I'll see it in September. <laughs> um, I would have loved to see Londe's, um Journey into the Night, yes. which is premiering at New York Film Festival, so I think that's what took the premiere away, um, because it has like apparently a half an hour or one hour tracking shot with, in 3D, and I'm like, I am there for that. <laughs> and I think um, if we don't get a cinema release here, it's going to be a completely different experience. Um, and we're not going to get the experience that it's supposed to be seen through, so... Sam. Hashtag get sorry to bother you to myth. Yes. <laughs> um, I think the... F- I mean, there are a whole bunch of, like, esoteric, I don't know, kind of weird stuff that I would have loved to see. Like, I think Morgan Fisher has a new film who's this crazy experimental filmmaker who rarely makes anything. Um, but the big... I mean, uh, Long Day Journey into Night, Journey to the End of the Night. I get it confused with like the the novel and the play. But yeah, the Begun film I would have loved to have seen. Um, the Support the Girls, the Andrew Bajelski film, which was at Sydney, I would have loved to have seen. In My Room by Ulrich Koller, um, which premiered at Cannes, and is, he's part of the Berlin School. And yeah, I heard great things, and he's a great filmmaker. Um, I would have loved to have seen that. I don't know. I feel like if I were to say anything else, I'd be shit-talking myth. But yeah, that's what we're here for. Myth Critics Campus means we criticise myth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Well, maybe we can um, release this podcast and send some hints to get this stuff into the surprise screening slots um, next weekend. And that was the articulate, considerate and cine-literate Myth Critics Campus of 2018. Within minutes of wishing that Anish Chaganti's Searching was on the MIF program, it was added to the MIF program. So perhaps some of those other titles will also find their way into the MIF cinemas before the end of the festival. Thank you very much to the participants, Ivana Brehas, Eliza Jansen, Andre Shannon, Valerie Ng, Claire White, Debbie Zoe, Sam Harris and James Waters, and to the Critics Campus organiser, Luke Goodsell, for the opportunity to hear their thoughts about MIF so far. And as Eloise and myself, we'll be back early next week to take stock of the MIF that has been. Thank you for listening.